You're listening to Leading and Learning. This is the place where we talk about practical leadership, theology, fitness, how to create winning habits, and so much more. My name is David Spell, and I'm a retired police officer, a pastor, a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal on leading and learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. Welcome back to Leading and Learning. This is episode number 308, Equipping the Church Safety Team, Part 2. Just a, a recap on where we were at last week. We talked about the need for the church safety team, the church security team, whatever you want to call it, the safety ministry. However you phrase it, it's important that they be equipped properly. Now, obviously, in, in, in my context, we're talking in the sense of an armed security team. So we talked about, first of all, having the right size gun. Uh, it's got to be something that's concealable. I recommend a mid-size, a mid-frame Glock 19, some, something in that in that frame, uh, whether it's a Smith & Wesson M&P or, you know, one of the mid-size SIGs or something else or, SIG, you know, Springfield Arms, whatever, whatever it is that you're carrying. Um, you know, it needs to be something that's easy to conceal but also has enough rounds if worst-case scenario happens, you get into a bad situation. Um, we also recommended some accessories for the gun. If you want to hear more about that, go back, listen. Um, last week's episode, we also talked about the need to have a flashlight, uh, a knife, a walkie-talkie with an earpiece, and then we, we mentioned um, having a good first-aid kit. Uh, today, we're going to jump in, and I'm going to talk in number six about... Um, Less lethal weapons. Now, this terminology is terminology that police departments would use when they say less lethal or less than lethal. Um, I'm not going to say non-lethal because a taser has been used in some situations and, and has caused somebody's death. It's very unlikely. Um, it's a very, very, very small percentage, but it could happen. Also, if you're carrying an expandable baton, that could potentially be a lethal weapon. So we say less lethal. And then also in the context of this, uh, less lethal, these less lethal weapons, we're talking about pepper spray. Let's talk first of all about chemical weapons, whether it's mace or what's much more popular today, and that is pepper spray. Uh, pepper spray, I've been sprayed with it. I carried it when I was a police officer. It's no fun, and it works. Uh, what pepper spray does is... It, it shuts your eyes, and it basically slows the person's breathing down so they can't fight. If you can't breathe, you can't fight. And it really hurts. I mean, it really hurts. Um, it, it typically incapacitates a person, but it may not work right away. And in some cases, people build up an immunity to it and are able to keep fighting. I don't recommend pepper spray in the context of a church setting because if you, God forbid, you have to deploy pepper spray because you've got a violent encounter, everybody is going to get pepper spray on them. Uh, that's the thing when I was a police officer. When you use pepper spray, everybody got everybody in the area got it, got it on them. Um, so even if you're, you're the officer using it, it's going to blow back on you. You're going to get it on you as well. 
Um, it's no fun. And then you have to go in and decontaminate the area. Uh, imagine in a church lobby or a church auditorium deploy, deploying pepper spray. Um, you know, people that have respiratory issues, this is going to be an issue. So it's definitely something you want to think about. Uh, they do make foam uh, pepper sprays now, gels that, um, you know, don't have quite the amount of blowback, but I'm still just not a huge fan uh, of, of using pepper spray. If you do, that's fine. I know many church security teams use it. They believe that it's something that, uh, you know, they should all be carrying, and that's fine. That's just my opinion. Um, but yeah, definitely not a fan. Uh, expandable batons. Uh, I know some security teams that they believe in carrying um, expandable batons like the police do. It gives you a less lethal option. Um, you know, if you've got a violent encounter, somebody who's trying to hurt people in the church, uh, definitely uh, something to consider. But here's the other thing that you have to consider in any use of force encounter in a church. How is this going to be perceived? You know, think of any encounter that you or your team gets involved in, think of it being videoed. Because you may have video cameras running during the church service, or people are going to whip out their cell phones and start videoing whatever's going on. Um, if it turns into a violent uh, encounter, somebody who's, who's trying to assault the pastor, assault somebody in the church, or even an active shooter situation. Um, an expandable baton in a less lethal situation, and I would never recommend you know, against using it against somebody who's got a weapon, a gun, a knife, or something like that. But for, for somebody who's violently resisting, violently attacking people, and you pull a baton out and start banging on them, how is that going to look? How is that going to play out on the evening news? It's something to think about. I don't know in church that this is something that we want to be uh, known for is, is, is swinging batons. Um, you know, again, every church safety team, the leaders have to kind of, uh, you know, make the best decision for them. Uh, as a former police officer who's also served in ministry and, and in pastoral situations, I would probably not recommend collapsible batons. I love them. I used them. I whacked many people with them when I was a police officer. Um, but in a church setting, I would definitely say it's probably not the best idea because if, if that video is played back on the nightly news, I just don't know that it's going to make our church, um, you know, present our church in the best light. Well, then what about tasers? Uh, a lot of churches, safety church safety teams are actually going to tasers. Uh, I'm a fan of tasers. Uh, we actually carry some on our safety team. I, I like them. Uh, it's the same thing, though, even with the baton, although I think it's a less, uh, it, it doesn't look quite as bad. But, you know, the thing with a taser is, um, you, you know, you've got to be careful when you deploy it because, first of all, you know, we've seen police officers who decided to pull a taser out on somebody who was armed with a knife or uh, some other, you know, weapon, and the taser didn't work, and the officer ended up getting hurt. And so with a taser, we've got to know when to use it and when not to use it. What my team has been instructed, the only time they're to use a taser is for someone who's being actively violent, someone who's punching, kicking, really trying to hurt someone, but yet they don't have a weapon and it doesn't rise to the level of deadly force. And so the taser is the perfect weapon for that situation because if you get in close, you use the taser, it deploys, it's going to incapacitate the person so they can be held down until the police get there and can deal with them. So, so tasers are a, you know, a good, good option. Uh, they, they conceal fairly well. Um, they work. 
and it's a uh, it's another good option to have. So uh, again, it doesn't take the place of a lethal option. Uh, we never use a taser against someone who's got a gun or a knife, but it does provide another option for violent situations. Because let's face it, you know our church safety team members are probably not martial artists. Most of them probably aren't combat instructors or you know having have been in combat themselves. I mean, it's great if they have, but. Um, you know, if, if you're not a professional and, and, and you don't get paid to get beat up, you don't get paid to get in fights. I mean, most of us are serving as volunteers. We're getting paid nothing. Our reward's in heaven. And so we, we don't want to put ourselves in a situation where we're having to duke it out with somebody. Um, you know, I've trained in the martial arts my entire life, and I'm at that point in life, I'm, I'm okay if I don't get in any fights the rest of my life. I'm fine with that. Uh, but the taser provides another really good option to keep to keep us from having to put hands on someone who is being actively violent. The next one we want to talk about today is when we're talking about equipping our church safety team. Is what's our dress code? You know, every church has has a different dress code. Some churches they wear, you know, the men wear suits and ties, the women dress up. So how do you conceal your firearm? Obviously, if you've got a blazer on every Sunday, that's great. That's a, that's easy to conceal a firearm. Um, if if you're you know wearing polo and, and jeans or a button-down shirt and jeans, how are you concealing your handgun? How are you concealing a taser or whatever you know you're carrying? Um, maybe a walkie-talkie. How are you concealing these things? We don't want to be obvious about what we're doing. Um, a while back, we had a safety team member who who actually was wearing really tight shirts, and his gun was just you know printing so much. Everybody knew he was carrying a gun, and we had to say, "Look, man, get a, get a, you're gonna have to get a you're gonna have to get a size bigger shirts because we don't want everybody knowing that that you're on the safety team. Uh, the people that need to know know, but it, it's okay for 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 the rest of the church just to you know think you're a nice guy." So, so how are we dressing? And for ladies, it's even more difficult. If you're dressing up really nice, you got on a dress or you on a nice pair of slacks, how are you concealing your firearm? Uh, these are things we have to consider. If you're carrying a gun, it changes so many things about your lifestyle. And often dress is one of them. Uh, if you're that guy who in the summer is only wearing, you know, um, gym shorts and a t-shirt, you're going to be hard pressed to conceal a firearm with that. It can be done. But, but it's tough. So um, how do we conceal a firearm under our clothes at church? We don't want to advertise. I don't recommend open carry. I don't recommend open carry anytime, but I especially don't recommend open carry at church. We don't want to give off that vibe. That would be very, very disconcerting for some people coming to our churches. And, you know, so we really just want our, our, our the guns to be concealed. Nobody knows it's there where, you know, God forbid, worst case scenario, you have to pull it out and then you're able to, to do what you need to do. Don't go away. We'll be right back. I wanted to let you know this episode of Leading and Learning is brought to you by my series... The Zombie Terror War series. Now, this is the first time you can get the series all together. Uh, it's being sold as a series, as a package, on Amazon, and it's a great deal, and it's a lot of fun. Somebody was asking me the other day, what, what, what you're writing about zombies? Look, it, it's about the war on terror. It's about terrorism. The zombies play a role in it, but it has to do with a biological weapon that's been released in the United States 
and our heroes have to come in and deal with it. All of my characters are based, or say all, most of my characters are based on people that I know and people that I worked with in the police department. In fact, some of the guys, girls that I've worked with in the police department have read the books and they've said, I know who you're talking about here. So, you know, it's been kind of fun for them, but check out the Zombie Terror War series. Go, go to Amazon, click on the link, and you can go to the books and you can actually read the first chapter or two for free. Get a feel for it. I think you'll really, really enjoy it. A lot of fun, a lot of action, some romance thrown in, and, uh, and a list of characters that you will absolutely love. One of the things one of my readers said is, I love the fact that you make the characters, you make, you make the characters either so lovable or so hateable. There's some characters that we just can't wait till they get what's coming to them, and then the other guys we just love and we want to be like them. So check out the Zombie Terror War series. I know you'll love it. Well, all right, so today we've talked about less lethal options. Your taser, your pepper spray, your expandable baton. We've talked about the dress code. How do we dress for success? Now, one of the things I'm going to just throw this out with the dress code um, before we move on. You know, one of the things about the, 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 the dress code is we want to dress maybe just a little bit higher than we would normally. Um, I tell my safety guys, you know, don't be afraid to maybe just step up just a little bit more. My church is very casual in the way we dress. Jeans, polo shirts, very common for men and women, you know, being very comfortable and dressing nice, but not dressing up like, you know, we did in the old days with suit and ties. But what I tell my safety guys is, you know, there's times when it's okay to throw a blazer on, you know, wear a nice shirt, throw a blazer on. Um, especially if we're in a situation where we're protecting our pastors. Um, you know, we, we typically have someone, sometimes two, team members that are, that are close to our pastors making sure that they're protected and safe, um, especially in those times when the pastors are out being, you know, social and visiting people between services and just chatting, and, um, you know, doing the meet and greet thing. And so it's good to have people who most of the church don't know who they are. They're just standing close by the pastors and smiling and nodding. And it's good if you're going to be close to the pastor, <coughs> excuse me, to at least dress up a touch. Now, if we were in a church where everybody's wearing suit and ties, then that's what our safety team would do. If the pastor was wearing a suit and tie, that's what we would do as well. But our pastor usually dresses nice, but he's fairly casual. So we're casual too. But at the same time, you know, you don't want to come in in a sleeveless T-shirt and, you know, uh, shorts. So let's let's dress up just a little bit so that we fit in with the surroundings. All right, so next, the next thing I want to talk about um, when we're equipping the church safety team <clears throat> is some type of security vest or some type of clothing that identifies you as security. Now, we don't wear this all the time. And this is something I'm actually researching for our team right now is possibly getting some fluorescent vest that, you know, with that type of material that you can just kind of wad up and stick in your pocket. But in a crucial situation, the team would be able to throw those vests on and there would be that identification that they are security. I mean, listen, when the police come to the scene of an active shooter, they're coming in looking for somebody with a gun. And so if a safety team member's got a gun out, they might very well get shot. So we want to 
um, protect our team members, but we also want to let those around them know that there's someone there who's who's in charge, who's <clears throat> there for their safety, and is going to you know do whatever needs to be done. So this is something to look at, you know, fifteen twenty bucks a piece or so on Amazon, but uh, definitely something to consider. A good investment that um, most of the time your team you want them to be incognito, you want them to be undercover per se. Um, you don't want people to really know who they are, but then there are times when we do need to let other people know so that if we've got to give orders or take charge of a situation, <clears throat> people know who we are. And then the last thing we'll discuss in equipping the church safety team is handcuffs. Handcuffs. Now, here's the thing with handcuffs. You know, people talk about citizen's arrest, but that just they, they have no idea what they're talking about. Um, when you put handcuffs on somebody, this is very, very serious. As a citizen, when you put handcuffs on somebody and you restrain their movement, you better know exactly what you're doing or else you're opening yourself up to criminal charges and possible civil liability. It's one thing for a police officer, if you're on the safety team and you slap the cuffs on somebody, you know what's going on. You've You've already got a charge in mind for what this person is going to be arrested for. The average citizen doesn't have that. And for an average citizen to be handcuffing people, not knowing what they're going to do with that person after they're handcuffed, this is very, very serious. <clears throat> for this reason, we, we, we have access to handcuffs. I've got some that, that, that I carry. But we also understand that it's worst-case scenario if we have to pull the handcuffs out. Just like it's worst-case scenario when we have to pull the taser out or worst-case scenario when we pull the gun out. Um, you know, once once you start handcuffing people, you better know what you're doing because the police are going to be, be coming. And if they get there and you say, well, this is what happened, and they say, well, that's, that's not illegal. They haven't broken the law, but yet you've handcuffed this person. <clears throat> now you're, you're setting yourself up again for possibly false arrest, and, and civil liability. So let's be very, very careful um, about using them. I'm not saying don't have them, because for somebody who's being violent, assaulting other people, um, whatever it is, someone who's, who's real, and I'm not talking about just running their mouth. I'm talking about someone who's actively being violent. Um, that's probably the situation where you'd want handcuffs, because they've already shown a propensity for violence. They've already shown that they want to hurt people. And in that case, handcuffs are going to be something that's going to protect other people and ultimately protect the suspect themselves. So just a quick recap over these nine things that we went through last week and this week. <clears throat> um, equipping the church safety team. What, what's the best kind of best size gun to carry? Well, go back and listen to last week. A small flashlight, something you can carry in your pocket or on your belt. Um, a knife has so many uses. Uh, a walkie-talkie with an earpiece. We've always got to have good communications. A good first aid kit. And I don't recommend just one. I recommend several in different places around the uh, church, around the auditorium, wherever you might need it. Um, less lethal options, the taser, the pepper spray, the expandable baton. Um, dress code. How is your team dressing? Are they dressing for success? Are they dressing so that they can conceal their equipment easily? Um, security vest, maybe security hats, t-shirts, something that identifies your team when they need to be identified. Now listen, some churches are very, very big on having their safety team members wear t-shirts or, or something that says security on it. Um, I've seen some churches where they wear like a black polo and they've got security across the back and on the front. 
And that's fine if that's what you want to do. I prefer to have our team members um, incognito, um, under the radar, unless there's an absolute need for them to be identified, and then they can throw on a, you know, maybe a fluorescent security vest to let people know who they are. And then the last thing is, what about handcuffs? It's good to have access to them, but you better make sure you know what you're doing when you put them on. And there's a right way and a wrong way to use handcuffs. You can injure people using handcuffs incorrectly. Police departments have gotten sued. Police officers have gotten sued for the incorrect use of handcuffs. So make sure <clears throat> you use them correctly if you have to use them at all. But I'd rather have them and not need them than, than need them and not have them. So definitely not a bad thing to have around. What questions do you have about equipping your safety team at church? I'd love to hear from you. Go to davidspell.com. Leave me a question or comment in the comment section for today's post. If you've got any questions about how I can help you get your church safety team up and running, shoot me an email, david at davidspell.com, and uh, let's talk. I'd love to help you if we possibly could. And uh, if you just want some more information, I've done a number of podcasts on church security. You can go back and listen um, or, uh, you know, like I say, shoot me an email and we'll, we will talk. Well, friends, thanks for being with me and we will see you next time on Leading and Learning.